0: hello everyone my name is peter Dree and i welcome you to the pwc tax Bite podcast series in this episode we will talk about the most recent developments in the pillar one and pillar two debate, and that is a political consensus on a important reform of the international tax landscape for this discussion for this podcast i have with me First of all, Evie Geerts. Evie is a director in our global tax and transfer pricing team. She monitors these developments very closely with a particular focus also on the U S side of things. Next we have Jean-Philippe Van West. Jean-Philippe is dividing his time between academic work and, and work at PwC. Um, but the bottom line is that Jean-Philippe is all day monitoring these developments as well. And with a particular focus on the European side of things. And last but not least, we have Stéphane de Stefan, Stéphane, senior counsel in our team, and many years of experience in international organizations, Belgian authorities, um, but overall a transfer pricing expert. And he is here to talk about the Pillar 1 impact today. So I, I suggest we kick off because this was quite an important uh, announcement. Uh, on 8th of October, uh, 136 countries signed on to the reform of the international tax landscape pillar one pillar two so a lot of documents were then published uh, likely not enough detail as we had hoped for but anyway stefan i want to start with you and i want to ask you in a few minutes whether you were surprised by the announcements um and the documents that were issued What, what did you take from this Thank you Peter and good day to all of you. Uh,
1: yes, I was a bit surprised, not surprised that the documents were published, but surprised I would say about uh, certain holdout countries that kind of agreed also on the uh, on the statement, namely Ireland, Hungary and Estonia that put up, I would say, some political fights uh, for uh, safeguarding, I would say, their, their systems. Pillar one is an overlay on the arms-length principle, and it is about creating new nexus rules for market states, even when there's no physical presence in that market states. It reallocates a certain amount of profits to those states based on a purely formulaic approach. So on the 8th of October, there were a couple of points where a political decision has been taken with regard to the tax matters, for example it is now been decided that the profit to be reallocated on the amount a of pillar one to the market states will be calculated as 25 percent of the consolidated profit before tax in excess of 10 percent of revenue so this is the the formula that's now been decided and previously the 25 percent was mentioned as something between 20 to 30 percent there's also a a bit more clarity about the de minimis rules in trying to keep compliance costs to a minimum as much as possible. So, multinational enterprises that derive at least 1 million euros in revenue from a certain Euro- jurisdiction can be in scope of amount A. For smaller jurisdictions with GDPs lower than 40 billion euros, that de minimis nexus rule will be set at 250,000 euros. Uh, Revenue sourcing to markets will be based on reliable methods based on the in-scope multinational enterprises, but specific facts and circumstances. So looking really at the facts and circumstances of the multinational. Pillar one, it is now said, will be applied through a multilateral convention. It will be developed and open for signature in 2022 with, at least anticipated, amount a coming into effect in 2023 but of course you need a critical mass of countries before it can actually enter into force also what is clear now in the statement of the 8th of october is that the multilateral convention will remove existing digital services taxes and other relevant similar measures for all companies so not only the companies in scope of amount a it also commits signatories not to introduce additional new kind of digital service tax like measures and this from the 8th of october so the date of the statement until the 31st of december 2023 or the entry into force of the multilateral convention if it comes before that date several points were not really new, but still are there. When more clarity, I would say, would be very much welcomed, and I think these will be be published when the Multilateral Convention will be be published. So, for example, uh, the scope uh, that of multinational enterprises where profitability above ten percent and global turnover above twenty billion. This will be reduced to 10 billion after seven years of application on the basis of a kind of averaging system. But what that averages uh, that averaging system precisely is is not yet known. So work to be done on that area. Segmentation is said to be exceptional, but it is not clear when segmentation is exceptional or when it will be applied. So also work to be done there. Other work to be done is on the marketing and distribution safe harbor, and in particular, tax certainty. So, uh, several work needs to be done there because it is not certain about, or nothing is certain about the dispute avoidance and resolution in a binding manner, how that will look like. And precisely, this is one of the key areas of, for, uh, for our clients. So still a lot of work to be done there.
0: Well, thank you, Stefan, for such a comprehensive overview of of Pillar 1 and and the developments there. Um, So if I understand you correctly, um, it seems like amount A will still have that limited scope uh, that was talked about uh, in in, in the past weeks. um, And amount B seems to be put on the long run to me. Is that also your take from this? You're absolutely right, Peter. Indeed, uh, when we look at the start
1: of the project, there was discussion about uh, automated digital services company and client faces businesses, so uh, this kind of broad scope, which was then, I would say, reduced to some 100 companies through introducing the threshold of 20 billion euros so this comes down to according to the method of calculation to some 85 to 95 to 90 countries now if this is of course reduced until 10 billion euros this would of course mean that the number of companies will increase and for example state secretary yellen already indicated in april 2021 that 750 enterprises but Automated digital services and uh, uh, consumer facing businesses only would already lead to 750 enterprises. So this, this is really much more uh, enterprises that would come into scope uh, after after eight years. So the seven years uh, of pilots, I would say, and the one year review. With with regard to amount B, yes, indeed, uh, no further news. Uh, The statement of 8th of October contains actually the same message as the one of the 1st of July, that is that uh, the simplifying and streamlining under amount B of the application of the Amslang principle with a particular focus on low-capacity countries, well, that is said, completion of the work by the end of 2022. So we need to wait for another year there.
0: Okay, thanks, Ivan. So um, I think that um, amount A will be then relevant for a number of companies, extremely relevant. Uh, but it then seems to me that pillar two has gained uh, much more momentum today. So Jean-Philippe, I want to turn to you now um, to talk about pillar two. And the, what I heard in the in the in the documents that I saw and 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 in the in the messages is that well, the seven hundred fifty million. Threshold seem to have kept in place. So, so companies exceeding 750 million would be in scope. But I also heard that um, jurisdictional calculations would apply. So, blending in a country would be possible, and a 15% minimum tax—not at least 15%, but exactly 15%. So that 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 seems to be consistent with what we heard uh, before and still in place. Um, on the other hand, I hear some opening towards the definition of taxes under the minimum tax rule, uh, where there seems to be room for a kind of a deferred tax uh, change to that to that taxation. So uh, it seems pretty consistent with what we heard before, but some surprises here and there.
2: Um, is that also your take from this? Indeed, Peter, and welcome everyone, and, and thanks for tuning in. Um, An important element of pillar two is the calculation of the effective tax rates per jurisdiction, that is jurisdictional blending. And the effective tax rate is calculated as cover taxes over profits. With respect to the profits, reference is made to the financial accounting income with then certain adjustments to address, for example, timing differences between taxable and accounting uh, income. With respect to the cover taxes, however, the October, 20, October 2020 uh, blueprint seemed to indicate that, tax, uh, that cash taxes should be used. However, the 2021 8 October statement seems to, leave, seems to leave room for a broader interpretation of covered taxes, including both deferred taxes and, uh, and carry forward mechanisms, which, of course, would be a significant change with material, uh, with material relevance. Now yeah, it can significantly in, impact the potential top-up tax due under Pillar Two. Another noteworthy development to, concerns the substance-based carve-out, which was already uh, in the blue, in the Pillar Two blueprint, October 2020, and the 1st of July statement. And now, in the inclusive framework statement of October 8, this is confirmed. Yeah? So the, the substance-based carve is uh, confirmed but it provides some more details on the applicable rates and the globe income will initially be lowered with eight percent of the carrying value of tangible assets and ten percent of the payroll costs and over a period of 10 years these percentages of eight percent and ten percent will be lowered to five percent and no doubt that this carve out can have a significant impact on the top up tax due under pillar two as well. Besides the substance based carve out, uh, the GLOBE rules will also contain a de minimis exclusion. And this is, is an inclusion for jurisdictions where the multinational has a minimal presence and minimal presence meaning less than 10 million euros of revenue and 1 million euros of profit so if you're below this threshold then no top-up tax will be due with respect to your activities in this jurisdiction
0: okay so uh, quite some details indeed on the income inclusion rule of pillar two um but in the previous documents there was also a mention of a subject to tax rule um it seems like this rule is still part of the deal but it's more like a carrot for the developing countries to step into the agreement
2: would you agree with that totally peter and the 8 october statement confirms that the subject to tax rule forms an integral part of the consensus on pillar two and uh, the subject to tax rule is uh, as you all know is a tax treaty rule and uh, what is agreed upon now is that uh, if a developing country requests to do so a subject to tax rule will be included into bilateral treaties with other inclusive framework members and the rule would apply to royalties interests and other defined uh, payments made from a developing country to an inclusive framework country that applies a nominal corporate income tax rate uh, below nine percent um, what is uh, what is meant with this other defined payments is not uh, known yet is still to be defined But uh, what is clear now is that the additional tax that the developing country can levy under the subject to tax rule will be limited to the difference between 9% and the tax rate on the payment.
0: Okay, so um, thank you for clarifying that indeed. So the rule is still there, but only for developing countries versus non-developing countries. So uh, that seems like an important change to me. Uh, of the of the document uh in the meantime i see that evie is impatiently uh, waiting to also talk about pillar two um so i'd be very interested to hear from you Evie, in the many discussions that you you had in the past days with with, with companies on on impact uh what seems to be the guiding team there are companies concerned by these developments and 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 in what sense
3: Yeah, Peter, absolutely. Um, Companies have been concerned for a while now, but um, the details uh, remained unclear. I think today we have even a better view on on what to expect but maybe to pick in first on what jean-philippe just explained in the subject to tax rule that is for example one clarification that um at least limits the scope in terms of uh, assessments that a client needs to do so with the scope being limited to um in principle only impacting payments between developing and Uh, developed and developing countries, sorry, uh, where there will be a list uh, available, by the way. This could mean uh, that the actual scope of the subject to tax, which we had initially anticipated, um, will be much far less. So something to look into um, and and maybe something to tick off the list, uh, maybe an item that might not really impact you uh, very much. But do keep in mind there are some surprising countries on that um, developing countries list. Then if we look at the broader picture, um, what are our clients doing today? Modeling. Modeling, modeling, modeling. We have enough, although the details aren't clear yet, we have enough details to set up a model and, and identify the areas where there could potentially be an impact. So we have the tax rate. We know what the out mechanic would be. Again, that's changed a little bit uh, as compared to the July statement. So there again, update of the model. We have an idea around the basis. We can include deferred assets, limit them, take them out. So in terms of um, what we need in components, um, to to set up a model and to at least identify the key areas where there might be an increase in ETR as a result of these proposals, we have enough and we can do that. And that is exactly what we are doing today for clients and and why we are already doing that, although um, the details aren't fully clear yet. And that is something uh, I'm sure will become apparent um, once Jean-Philippe discusses timeline in a couple of, minutes um what we see clients um doing as well is as you know um although this is the global minimum tax this is not the system that will be applied in the us Um, so the u.s has its own existing system of guilty where quite a couple of changes are uh, suggested in in all the proposals floating around so a lot will also depend on will guilty go uh, to a calculation on a country by country basis what about the timing of implementation of beat will it be implemented earlier than the under tax payment rule. So if you combine all of these elements, um, it becomes even more apparent that uh, modeling out of the areas where there could be a concern, where this could impact your effective tax rate, um, is what you should do today. and, And that is also what a lot of our clients are doing today.
0: Well, I guess, uh, there's a saying that you, you cannot really, uh, handle what you can, what you didn't measure first. So, so I think, uh, that seems to nicely fit into that Evie, uh, what you tell about uh, modeling, um, but you alluded to it, uh, the timeline is of course, important, um, because if, uh, this would take many more years to come a reality, I guess there's much more time to prepare, but, uh, Jean-Philippe, um, I don't think we have that much of
2: timing. eh? exactly peter and um the inclusive framework document of the 8th, a statement of the 8th of october provides some clear guidance on the expected timeline eh? and least that can be said that is that this timeline for the implementation for pillar two is very ambitious uh, according to the statement uh, model rules defining the scope and mechanics of pillar two Will be developed by the end of november 2021 and will be supplemented by a commentary that provides guidance on the application of the rules furthermore also a model 3d provision regarding the subject to text rule will be developed by the end of november as well so very soon um, a multilateral instrument to faci- to facilitate a swift implementation of the subject to rec- subject to text rule can be expected can be expected by mid-2022. And the latest, by the end of 2022, an uh, implementation framework will be developed that facilitates the coordinated implementation of the GLOBE rules. So all very ambitious, all very soon, within a year from now. But Avi, uh, you have some important insights on the EU agenda in this regard, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, Jean-Philippe. From an EU perspective, it is relevant to mention that the European Commission has always supported the deal. This is nothing new, but they reconfirmed it by a senior official um, of the Commission communicating that um, it will be ready to come up with draft legislation to implement Pillar 2 as soon as the OECD model rules are finalized. So what that means in terms of timing is that we can even expect something potentially by the end of november december by the end of the year um, for the eu we know that they have been working on this behind the scenes for quite a while what is maybe um, interesting to note also is that um, you will remember the business taxation for the 21st century proposal of the eu which included a lot of topics and which is as such separate from uh, the minimum taxation and and one of the proposals was a publication on effective tax rates of companies operating in the eu and that now seems to become part of what uh, the eu will turn will, will publish in terms of or will draft in terms of directive to implement the minimum tax so also there um even if we have clarity on pillar two um, it will be important to uh, have a look at what else the EU puts in that directive, so the devil will definitely be in the details um, once they are finalized.
0: Okay, thank you Evie and Jean-Philippe for that update on timing, so uh, short timeline, uh, I see. Um, A short timeline is also what we had for this podcast. So I'm sorry, but we are at the end of the podcast. I'm sure there's much more you want to tell about it. Uh, But I think for the audience, this was, I think, I hope, at least a very clear overview of what was published on the 8th of October, what to expect, how the timeline looks like. for the people in the audience, if you are interested to have always the latest insights, I invite you to register for this podcast. So you get automatically the latest episodes. Um, and that can be done via Google, Apple, or Spotify. Uh, with that, I would like to thank uh, my speakers, uh, Jean-Philippe, Stefan, and Evie, and uh, also the audience for tuning in. And I hope to hear you again in the next episode. Thank you.